Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. What's up? Happy Monday, everybody. It is a, uh, it's not a victory Monday. I guess it's a victory, though, when you don't play and the Ravens lose and you move from third to second place. And technically, it could be another victory tonight if the, uh, if the Bills, what, at home can beat the Patriots, then the Titans would be right back in the number one seat again. I think, oh, I'm going to watch this game. I, I'm all in on this one. Yeah. I mean, uh, just saying. Uh, also, here's some news for you. Have you got, hey, have you got the rap sheet audio? Uh, Lucas, are you, are you working, working? Oh, okay. He just held up a finger. I don't know which one it was, uh, but he held up a finger. So this happened for the Titans today. <laughs> Julio Jones. Went the middle finger. And no, I, I don't know. I just saw a finger around the corner. <laughs> Julio Jones, Dane Cruikshank, both in the return to play 21 day window, along with Racy McMath. Now he could help you on special teams. Uh, but Julio Racy and Dane Cruikshank all are at least in the, they're, we're the thing where they're still on the IR, but they're not. And this just means they could practice and come back this week. That's all good news. Potentially. Potentially, yes. So they the Titans transacted that like this morning. They didn't even wait till three oh five today, like they normally do. They just vomited that information out this morning. And so there you go. So all could see it. <laughs> they saw all the vomit. They just put it all out there. And then Tuzar Skipper's on the practice squad. That came that happened too. Remember him? Oh wow. Tuzar Skipper. Yeah. Or Tuzar Skipper. And John <laughs> Simon, John Simon, he's he's gone. They did a lot of stuff. But the main thing you're worried about is Julio, Dane, Racy McMath are all in that window where they're they've got like one leg on IR and one leg back on the roster, and they just got a groin in between to try to figure things out. So, so Lucas sent us this in the commercial. So Ian Rappaport said some things about some stuff. We only heard a second or two of it in the commercial. Is this good? Will Titans fans be excited when they hear this, Lucas? Uh, I think so. Okay, well, let's play it then. Here's Ian Rappaport saying stuff about things involving stuff with the Titans. <laughs> the entire thought process behind putting Julio Jones on into reserve was, you know what, put him to the side, get the hamstring better, and just fix it. Just go away for three weeks and just fix it. And that basically is where the Titans are. They were able to stay in the mix despite, obviously, no Derrick Henry, despite not having Julio Jones, two of their big guns, Henry coming back later in the season. Jones may end up being back this week. They want to get out there. They want to see him run. They want to make sure he's fully healed and healthy. Mike Vrabel, uh, as you might imagine, not quite into hypotheticals or what-ifs or whatever, wants to see him first before making any decision. But the fact that he is able to have his practice window open, the fact that he is able to get out there and show that he is healthy is a very good sign toward the Titans actually having a fully healthy and real. And all- yep, yep, yep. That's a- yeah, it cuts off pretty abruptly yep, there. Yep, yep. Uh, just near, bip, 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 yep. uh, he dropped a Missy Elliott on there. Okay. Um, just casually, he mentioned, what was the exact wording on the Derrick Henry thing there that he just casually mentioned, by the way, his, at the end of the season, no, like coming back, he's like, well, and you, well, I mean, and you'll get Derrick Henry back. I think Lucas is Henry coming back later in the season, later in the season, Henry coming. He just said that like, yeah, I'm going to eat, uh, some uh, grapes later. And Henry coming back later in the season. Now, that goes against his, not counterpart at the same agency, but that goes against everything Adam Schefter has said, who's been very much on the hill of, he ain't coming back. Henry coming back later in the season. Can yeah. we, like, put a beat under well, how, that how and make you, a remix? How do you take that, coming back later in the season? That could mean before regular season's up. It could mean in the playoffs. It can mean anything, right? Later in the season. Later in the season. But so that's, You think it's regular season? 
you just said later in the season. I mean, that. Where are we? Six weeks or seven on that? If he would have said later in the regular season. Oh, okay. But it's just Henry coming back later in the season. See, he kept it bride. He was smart. It's not his first rodeo, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's no. Yeah. I, this season, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. just have to make it to the, you know, third round of the playoffs. <laughs> That's still in this season. Wait, what week is this for Henry being out? Lucas can do math. Got hurt on Halloween, right? Yep, he got hurt against the Colts on Halloween. Five weeks? Five, six weeks? What what is the name? So that means he had surgery what? Did he have it the next day or Tuesday? I believe he had it on Tuesday, so tomorrow would mark five weeks since surgery. It was definitely five weeks from yesterday, the game that he got injured. So it's a what, six to eight week or eight to ten week injury? Six to ten was the report from Rappaport initially. pretty broad. So... Okay. Eight weeks. That's so that was that was the second of November then, right? That he had surgery? So ninth, sixteenth, twenty third, thirtieth. Uh but today's the seventh. Tomorrow it is. Tomorrow's the seventh. So like you said, five weeks tomorrow. Yeah. So five weeks tomorrow. I told you guys when this happened, I reached out to an orthopedic surgeon that I know who was an Andrew Andrews fellow under Dr. Andrews, who's the guy that fixes mm-hmm. a lot. And he said it's not completely unthinkable at all that he would come back and play even before the season was over with with this particular injury. And he said, know that everybody's different and heals differently. But he said, that particular injury, again, the window that you're hearing that he could come back six to eight to whatever he said, that that's not unthinkable that he could come back and play at all. I don't think that is it's an issue at all. To be honest, I think the risk-reward as an organization, what do you th- – you know, what are your thoughts? He's going to want to play. Once they rev him up and he starts practicing for probably a week or two or whatever it may be, uh, then you have to figure out how do you use Henry? How is Henry most effective? Mm-hmm. Do you want a partial Henry? And when I say that, I'm talking about his effectiveness is not in the first quarter. It's the fourth quarter. So you, when you put him out there, you better think that he's going to be the normal Henry. Sorry. So you got to go 20 carries and in because that's when he's most effective. If you try to spot play him and play him like 10, you know, and give him like 10 carries, he's not going to be the same Henry. He's not going to have the impact that you want. Now, being on the field will have some impact, but it won't be the impact uh, as far as the breakaway and him wearing the defense down and those things. So if it was me, I would want him in full effect. I want him all the way healthy and ready to rock and roll. When we put you out there, the only thing that's going to be an issue is maybe you get fatigued because I'm going to play you like you've been Derrick Henry. Because that's when I know you're most effective. They've tried that before. He he doesn't work well with rotating in and out there uh, like that. So yeah, I, I'm a, either I'm all in or I'm all I'm not playing. That's that, that's the way I have to be with Henry. He's he's not one of those guys can get in rhythm and flow quick. That's his game. His game is not like that. And, and that might mean that like if he says I could give you 12 carries this week, you're like okay, then wait till next week, big dog, and you can give us 20 because 12 for you. Wait, do you can give us? You can come back. Yeah, some you, people are going to say, "Well, him just being on the field yeah. is still an impact." The risk reward is he's going to have all off season if he re-injures it yeah. to fix it. Now it's going to mess up his training. Yeah, uh, but that because it could happen. I, I've seen it happen. I told you, Thickpin had the same injury, the exact same injury, and he broke it and uh, the pin in there, and then had to redo it again. And he came back even in a shorter period of time after that. And and uh, that one uh, stuck, and you know it didn't nothing happen. So you can you can kind of slow or ruin someone's career if if that does break and he has to go in there again. Oh, 
and I say it to a certain extent, he may not be the same Derrick Henry. He'll still be really good, but he won't be the freak of nature good. You know, or you can go down the list of freak of nature. Let's talk about the freak. Literal freak. Yeah, he had the foot. Then next you know, he was not the same guy. He became just a good pass rusher to speed. Was He was not the elite speed guy. Now, that was the same injury, right? The fifth yeah. metatarsal with yeah. curse. Yeah. It's only outside of your foot. That's tough. And then, you know. How fast did he come back? Oh, I don't know. I was at the game when he came back. I well, remember it, it happened during the year. season, so I, I don't think he came back to the next season. No, he came back. Did you know, the he, he came back that year. He came back because he they introduced him. They introduced the defense that night. And he came out of the tunnel and like threw his helmet in the air. Oh, oh, there's yeah, that's a tough. It injury. was he was inactive. He got hurt in the season opener against the Eagles. Was inactive for twelve games. Oh, so he missed twelve games. Javon yeah. Kirst did okay. in two thousand two, I believe. See, so, and I would say there twelve games. They, yeah, that's twelve games. Ew, and he, yeah. He's not getting tackled. And then in 2003, he had nine and a half sacks through the first nine games of that season, but got shut down with an ankle injury. So he came back strong the following year before getting hurt again. Yeah. 12 weeks for uh, Derrick Henry. If it, if it was 12 weeks, uh, November 9, 16, 23, 30, December 7th, December 14, 21, 28, oh, month. January 4th, uh, January 11th, 8th. That would put him back on uh, January 25th. You'd have to make the Super Bowl, basically, to get him back. If it takes 12 weeks. Ian Rappaport, when he comes back this season, can we hear that one more time? It's Ian Rappaport earlier today talking about Lucas is gone. No, he's in there. Henry coming back later in the season. There you go. And we don't know Henry where he's coming at. back I mean, it's later not like in the season. I feel like, can we put that like a beat under that or something and just like some auto tune on him? Let's see what I can do. Yeah, let's see. Give Lucas uh, five minutes here in this next break, see if he can clean that up. All right. Segment number two coming up. There's some salary cap news for the NFL we need to get into. And I look, there are three moves that could save $30 million for the Titans. Three moves. For next year. For next year. Oh, the cap's going up, too. You, you it capologists. Is, it is going up. We'll give you some capology next. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Capology. Henry coming back later in the season. 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 That's the Henry Ian Rappaport remix by Lucas Benzica. Ian Rappaport just dropping this and Henry coming back later in the season. He was talking about Julio Jones. And then he just casually mentioned Derrick Henry coming back. So we were doing some math and trying to figure some things out. I don't know. Uh, Lucas did some research. Von Curse had the same injury a long time ago. That was uh, 2002 that he had that, and he came back 12 weeks later. So Derrick Henry will be five weeks tomorrow from his surgery that he had on his fifth metatarsal on his foot. And so we're talking about two freaking nature athletes, and it's very unpredictable on the time frame. Yeah, especially when you're talking about a foot, and it's hard to get blood flow in there, so that affects uh, how fast uh, – you know, the healing process goes, so but you never know with Henry. And he's a running back, so it's a little bit different even than being a pass rusher. But now, he's putting his foot on that plant foot a lot, a lot more, but uh, you're always playing on your feet as a running back, right? Are you they? You never know. I wouldn't be surprised if he's gung-ho and 
back before the season. I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't play at all. I mean, the biggest freak athletes that the team has ever had, obviously the man named the freak, Javon Curse. Uh-huh. Chris Johnson would have to be in there just because I, I don't know if I'd ever seen a human, yeah, mm-hmm. just a human being who was that fast. And then Derrick Henry, who's he's everything. He's <laughs> as big as anybody. He's as strong as anybody. He's as fast as anybody. I mean, that that would have to be the big three of freaks on the list, right? Just I, I would uh okay I would say those are the top three I, I would put uh, Eddie George on there he oh, he played with a significant toe foot injury and never missed a game he had a foot that didn't work essentially for a season yeah it would be sometimes be like hey man we we you need to chill he's like nah I got this I'm like wow there's no way you're a running back and you don't have your foot. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, because he was like stuttering and trying to fake, it and would just fall down sometime. Yeah, that was that, that that there was uh that was pretty impressive. He was a freaking. I mean, man, he's a six three, you know, two hundred thirty five pound guy. He's NFL Rookie of the Year, Heisman Trophy winner. I think he's not as fast as Henry, and naturally not Chris Johnson. So can't put him on that plane. Well, I'll tell you what, though, when he, he was a, he both was, of his feet were good. That that dude could outrun some people too, yeah, though. Yeah. I mean, I remember oh, the playoff game. He could game. take it to the house. He yeah. could take it to the house from anywhere. Big Eddie George. Oh, yeah. You see Eddie George today. It's like he still looks like he could play. Yeah, yeah. he's. That's yeah. when you know you one of those. It, it, Javon Curse looks the same way. Oh gosh, I was like, man, I think he tore his bicep or something working out. I was just looking at you. Why are you working out that hard? <laughs> you doing a you doing a body contest? <laughs> well, he could do that. Yeah, uh, he ripped I, up, man. Now I, I think he saw what the salary cap is going to be, and he thought he could come back and get him yeah, some they money. Might have said, yeah, just play third down pass rush. Third down. That's it. Hey, freak! You don't even have to play on the first two downs. Uh, this year it's one eighty two point five. This was a year where the owners got the concession. Basically, let's don't raise it up too much. You know, we got to make up this money that we lost. You know, we're poor. So it's 182.5. Next year, it's going all the way to 208.2. So I looked at spot track because that's kind of like the, you know, the the Bible of uh, cap space. The Titans are currently 21st, according to spot track. They have 25.6 projected million in cap space. 25.6 million. So then I thought, okay, so what are the biggest cap hits for the Titans? Number one is easy, Ryan Tannehill, quarterback. His cap hit for next year, $38.6 million. Oh, they're redoing his. That's 18% of the Titans' total cap. He's either getting an extension or they're going to give him cash up front and make a sign about it. Because you your cap hit can't be 38, no. not in this, not in the way they got things uh, structured. You know who number two is? Uh, I'm going to guess Lawan. No. No, he's close. He's close, but he's not number two. I don't know. Bud Dupree. Oh, well, he just signed, yeah. But 19.2 million is his cap hit. Dang. And Tannehill doubled that. <laughs> Think about that. <laughs> double. It is that. You're, it's double. It's, yeah. more, it's double. It's more than double. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kevin Byard is three, 15.8. Derrick Henry is four. He's fifteen million even is his cap hit. Then Taylor Lewan. Oh, this is where it gets interesting. Uh, Julio Jones is next after Lewan. Then Saffold. Then Jack Rabbit. All those guys have ten or more. That's everybody with a ten or more million dollar cap hit. It's eight people: Tannehill, Dupree, Byard, Henry, Lewan, Julio, Saffold, 
and Jackrabbit. Then you go down to like 8.6 for Danico Autry. Then you go all the way down into the fours for anybody else. Oh, I don't, I don't mind that number with Jackrabbit. If I give him some of that money and assign a bonus, just have a security blanket, even though I don't like the way he played. But you got to go think about, okay, who can you get better for that salary? I don't, you know, he's, what is he making, $7 million? Starting cornerback, and that's kind of a low number for, a, you know, a number two guy. It's about probably about right. So, yeah, I, I probably yeah, and he signed a two year deal, so he's got one more he's year. He's got a two year deal. Yeah, so I, I think I can ride with him. Uh, just to kind of, you want to play it out too. Don't forget now. Hopefully, Farley is somewhat in the play, but you just never know. After two ACL tears and two back surgeries, I don't know. That's a that's a huge, uh, probably not. But you never know, man. In a perfect world, you'd have Caleb Farley, and you'd have Christian Fulton, who's turned mm-hmm. out to be who they thought he would be. In a perfect world, yep. you're just ready to rock and roll next year. But, my gosh, the question marks around Farley now. I mean, yeah, that's big. and he loses a year of experience, too, more or less, because, I mean, he played a little bit, but, you know, this is all this time that he's not out there soaking up experience on the field. So, perfect world, Farley, Fulton, two Fs. But they may be a third F if. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering where you're going there. <laughs> um, I'm sure somebody is going to be said a lot of F and words. <laughs> so, just also, th- this is on, on Spot Track. It has like the projected this guy would be worth this much based on what we think. And I, I sent you a, a screen grab of this of their top cap hits. And just in the right top corner of this, AJ Brown's projected value and Harold Landry's projected value for for their future contracts. Because oh. you got what one more year of AJ under contract. Next year's year four, right? Landry's up, yeah. So so you got to figure that out. And then Landry's up. So you know what those numbers are. Per year. Mm, do you do you redo Landry? Based off of where everybody else, it's obvious that you should, but can you? Can you <laughs> can you resign him? Yeah. Here's oh he's gonna cost a bootload. They say seventeen point eight million per is their projected value for Harold Landry. And AJ, eighteen and a half million is his projected per year value on spot track. Two receivers making that kind of money? Ooh, well, it'll be A.J. And, and Landry, so a pass rusher and a receiver. I know, oh, well, but I'm Julio, talking. yeah. Yeah, that's yeah what I'm you're saying. right. So when you're trying to balance out your, your salary cap, you don't want, you know, overload. Sometimes it happens in one position. You know, just like having Bud Dupree and Landry, you know, you now you got two, you know, already got Archie, and then you got to predict Simmons is going to be up when and another year after that. So you just start saying, Ugh. So you, that's what could cancel Landry out. Yeah, because those guys are like they going they gonna resign Simmons. There's no way. Oh no, he's he, yeah. yeah. Then you got Debris and Archery's making some decent amount of money. So uh, yeah, that's a tough one there because I'd I'd love to have him back. Projected for Landry four years, seventy one point three million. So four for seventy one. That's where they're saying he's worth. I, I brought up, I don't remember who we had on. I brought up, do you try to franchise Landry just to keep the thing going for another year? And I don't remember who it was said, no way. But I, I don't know why you wouldn't at least consider Well, it would hit the cap a little bit harder, wouldn't it? Because yep. it's a direct one-year salary. That's the only problem with that. 
But, uh, you know, you can find a way to finagle around all that, I'm sure. And then A.J., because the cap will go up again. It, it'll take another pretty significant – because it was, it was taking a pretty significant jump every year until the COVID hit. So A.J., so four years, 73 for Harold Landry. A.J., they have at four years, 73.8 million. So that'd be four years apiece and hundred and well one would be a hundred and forty four five million in change for two players. Yeah, just monopoly money. <laughs> I don't know. They're gonna lose out on some of these guys. Yeah. It's just it's just nowhere around it. Sorry, but I think they're gonna be able to get AJ Brown. They're gonna you're gonna start prioritizing and then they're gonna say, you know, Sim is in a year after that. Because, you you know, Julio won't be here past next year. You got to keep A.J. Brown. Yeah, Julio is um, on this dead cap list. He's got a big cap hit. The point that I was going to make about the guys that you might move on, uh, Julio's cap hit next year is $14 million, and his dead cap is thirteen. So, I mean, he's – that that's a number that says he he sticks around. Now here are the three interesting numbers on this deal, and these have been talked about. And this was a big dust up about a month ago because somebody brought this up about Lawan, and we got all these tweets. Lawan's going to be on the team next year. You don't know that. No, nobody. Knows. Nobody knows that except for John Robinson and you know Mike Rabel maybe and Amy Adams Strong. Well, they start looking at the numbers after yeah the season. Mm-hmm. So here you go. Um, Titans 21st in cap space. They've got eight players with 10 or more million uh, cap hits. Ryan Tannehill is 38.8. Bud Dupree, 19.2. That's the two biggest. Luan is 14.7 million cap hit. His dead cap hit is only 1.8 million. That's a $12.9 million difference. Mm-hmm. And that matters, people. You can love him to death. You can be for the boys all you want. <laughs> for the boys. 12.9 difference, okay? Yeah, yeah. So what about Roger Saffold, who's been a warrior out there, played his butt off? Well, his cap hit is 12.87. His dead cap is 2.37. That's $10.17 million in savings difference. And then let's just say for Jackrabbit, just for kicks and giggles, you said we're going to roll with somebody younger. He's 10.2 cap hit with a dead cap hit of 3.2. That's seven million even that you would save if you didn't have Jackrabbit. That's thirty point seven million dollars with three moves. Mm, those are tough ones there. That's yeah. almost Harold and AJ's money. Yeah. yeah. Those are tough moves because, you know, and what you try to do as a GM, you try to stay ahead of the curve when you think they're starting to go on the downward slope. Uh, when I'm talking about Saffold and uh, Lawan, who actually is kind of starting to play a little bit better now that he's finally got back out there. Uh, but how much is that worth in your mind? And then can he come back and play better? You assume that he'll be a little bit better next year because it'll be a year in, just like Bud Dupree, mm-hmm. who you just signed, so you can't, you know. Oh, no. Him. So that that's going to be an interesting. they got some tough, tough decisions. Because ultimately, this this offense, this style has to be revolved around the offensive line and their run blocking. So how long do you stick with those those guys? And you poop the bed on the panda pick because you thought he could be a starting tackle. And he's, you know, that happened how it happened. And then maybe you also did on the Ravens pick. You've taken a tackle in the first and second round. They're two years in a row. 
they're going to have. Are they going to have to take a tackle in the first round again? I mean, or a second round? Yep. <laughs> hey, let alone maybe a cornerback. Yep. First round tackle, second corner, or vice versa. I mean, a- after taking tackles and corners, a corner. But right now, because you're trying to look for the holes, also guys with contracts. Have you got the the middle linebacker spot with uh, Brown as well as Evans? Yep, they're both done. That tells that that just hey man David Long and Monty Rice come on down and we're going to draft another guy too we'll be real young there maybe you sign some you know four million a year veteran guy so we're just like well we ain't spending much money on the inside on the on the inside linebacker nothing okay well we kick some money outside then that's how you got to be thinking yeah (laughs) GM Blake Bishop I mean right how how are we going to do this I don't know I just try to fix a mess here. (laughs) <laughs> that's what that's but, but like your two starting safeties are back. You have Hooker yeah. and Byard. You probably want to do something with Byard as far as redoing his contract a little bit to soften the blow. Mm-hmm. You know you want him here at least another year for sure. If he would have had a bad year, then that might you know maybe different. But. Oh no, he's. I'm sure Byard's like, oh yeah, you can you can add some more money. To that feel free to add all you want. Yeah, so I'm about to make or the you pro give bowl. him upfront money and just kind of lessen his salary based off of getting it to him in cash, Kate. Well. The Saffold and the one thing is going to be fascinating. What happens this offseason with those guys? Um, and it may be, you know, Roger Saffold such a, a fantastic career and has really been beat up late in his career. He may say, hey, man, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to shake your hand and walk off into the sunset. I've had all this and I, that I want. And maybe not. You know, maybe they both want to keep playing somewhere. And you brought this up about Lawan. Maybe you just got to restructure. Maybe you just tell him this is the way the contract's got to be if you want to stay on this team. Because we can't eat this number for you. And maybe that's what it comes to. Yeah, see how much he wants to stay here. Yeah. And he may say, I don't want to stay here for that. Well, then at that point, you got to make a hard decision. All right. Uh, no hard decisions. Matt Hayes set to join us next to talk some college football. Uh, he's with Saturday Down South. He's with 1010XL in Jacksonville. Let's get the latest on all of this college football stuff that's going on. Coming up next with our buddy Matt Hayes. That's next on Blaine and Mickey 104.5 The Zone. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Uh, Matt Hazel joins us in just a second. Jonathan in Gallatin is going to join us uh, right quick, though. When you call, we hit you up on the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. Jonathan, what's going on, man? Let's uh, let's squeeze this in before we talk some college football. Hey, guys. Love uh, love your show. Last segment, you were touching on some of the draft picks. I was just thinking back, which that draft was a while ago. We got uh, no Caleb Farley injury. You got no, uh, what's his name, Raiden's tackle. Can't be seen on the field. You lost Weaver to an injury. Oh, that's and right. And Fitzpatrick just got on the field, what, two games ago by default. So this this yep. draft class is, has hurt the Titans this year. If it wasn't for the offseason picks, we'd be in big trouble. Well, appreciate the call. And this class has helped a whole lot more than last year's class did. They played like 32 games or something, I figured, is how many starts the entire class had last year. As well as, that's why it's kind of pretty impressive. You know, uh, then you got Bud Dupree has been in and out of the lineup in free agency as well as Julio Jones. Yep, which kind of makes Vrabel's coaching job that much more admirable admirable this year. No doubt. 
Uh, let's talk some college football now. Uh, Matt Hayes, always great to catch up with him. He joins us uh, all the way from beautiful Florida. What, hey, what's the temp right now where you are? Uh, just make us feel bad, Matt. I mean, do you really want it? I want it. Yeah, we want it. Seventy-two. Okay, all right. We hate you. Uh, it's official. You, you had to do that in a southern accent. Though. <laughs> southern, seventy-two. I'm not Brian Kelly. Come on. <laughs> hey, I, how how amazing was that press conference? Just as far as things that are just amazingly ridiculously stupid. How how great was that? Just, I mean, it was just so dopey. I mean, why even do it? There's no reason to even do it, right? Why do you even do it? Right. I, I mean, he's a great coach. The guy's. It's what that's what's so weird to me is this is a guy who literally has won everywhere with odds stacked against him. When he was in the lower divisions in the NCAA at Grand Valley State, he won two national championships. He won, I, mean, I think, 42 of his last 45 games. And he used to line the fields before practice. So then he goes to Central Michigan, which is a, a hellhole. And the whole MAC conference is a hellhole. They don't pay anybody anything in those leagues. <laughs> Thank you. Then he wins the conference championship there. Then he goes to Cincinnati when they're in the Big East. The whole league is falling apart. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati's notorious for being cheap. This is before they started pe- spending money on football. He goes there and has an unbeaten season. Then he goes to Notre Dame. All he does at Notre Dame with the, with the most stringent uh, recruiting academic standards of anyone, and, and with everybody wanting a piece of that pie at Notre Dame, he goes in there, and the next thing you know, he's the wingest coach in the history of the school. Now you're going to tell me he's going to go to LSU, where he goes from basically sipping through a straw as far as recruiting to like avoiding a fire hose at LSU where he can get anybody he wants in that school. You think he's going to fail there? I mean, it's going to be a spectacular success there. I don't know why everybody's like panning this hire. It's weird to me. Oh, no. We, I just meant the accent. <laughs> Not the hire. Right, no, no, I agree. I agree. But if you, if you look on, on social media, like he's like this bad guy that nobody in Notre Dame likes. He's a tyrant. He's a guy who can't recruit. Oh, by the way, his, his recruiting class right now at Notre Dame is number five in the nation yeah, yeah. with all those recruiting, you know, with all the, all the idea of the academic restrictions that they have. I mean, it's just, it's so weird how social media is these days. You know, something happens, the narrative begins, and then it's just wildfire. And everybody jumps on, and everybody's got to be part of the party. Matt Hayes, we appreciate him being part of our party uh, at Matt Hayes CFB on Twitter, uh, Saturday down south in 1010 XL Radio in Jacksonville. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. Thanks for coming on. Man, like we all thought, right, uh, Matt, that uh, Bama, once again, would blow out Georgia. You thought that too, right? No, we didn't. <laughs> well, I, did, I didn't. I actually thought Georgia would win. I did too. But I think we all thought at some point it's going to come down and Seth and Bennett's going to be exposed. And I don't know you, know, you know, after watching the Auburn game, I think all of us were curious whether Alabama could do it or not, but. I mean, first play of the game should have been a pick six. First play of the game. And I, and I think when you start to look at this now, he's, in his two years there at Georgia, he's, he's been clearly, clearly protected by elite defenses, number one. Mm. And number two, he's played two teams that have defenses that are really good in, in Alabama and Florida. And in those, in those four games against those teams, he's thrown eight interceptions. So if I'm Brian Kelly right now, and Brian Kelly talked about some brutal truths were learned, they got to make some decisions. <clears throat> Excuse me. One of those decisions better be going to JT Daniels. Mm. Do you think he should have put him in in the fourth quarter? I mean, honestly, Blaine, I think he should have put him in against Charleston Southern. Played in three quarters. I think he should have put him in against Georgia Tech. And so he's ready. This- you know, this guy's. He, I mean, he should have been playing for five, six, seven, eight quarters in the last month of the season. Was he? he I'm glad you say that because it makes me think maybe he's not fully healthy or something else. 
because well, you're I mean, right. We're he should have. We're not going to get into that again, are we? There's no way we're going to do that. <laughs> I, I mean, mean, why wouldn't he do that? Year, last year, last year he doesn't play in the Georgia game. The next week they play Mississippi State. He plays and he goes like 20, 20 of 25 for 404 scores or something. And Kirby's talking about how he was injured. And JT says, no, nah, it was a coach's decision. He wasn't injured. It's, I mean, it's unbelievable. The blind spot Kirby has with quarterbacks is unbelievable. He's going to blow it again. Again. Uh-oh. Now, I'm going to say this with a grain of salt. If he does this, I mean, if they just blow the season, will he be on the hot seat next year? I know it's hard to say that, but you know what it's all about. Hey, you got to win. They have I, I the recruits. So. Man, I mean, I mean, he, I he can't so, mess up the quarterback position again. I mean, he can't, right? I mean, all of us have been saying that for the last three months. There's no way he can blow it again. <laughs> and But, I mean, it's it's he has clearly has a blind spot, man. He grew up in the same system where you play great defense, you run the ball, and you get a, a you know a serviceable game manager, a quarterback. And for some reason, he thinks he can win that way. And the game has progressed to where you can't win that way anymore. Even Saban sees that. Yeah. Well, Bryce Young, I guess, solidified that he is the Heisman winner. What were your thoughts on his play, let alone his offensive line? Uh, I mean, how good is he? Seriously, man, number one, how he good is, is cool he? customer. He is, man, that kid just never gets frazzled. And then the offensive line, I mean, they played so poorly against Auburn. Then they make that subtle little move. They move Chris Owens outside from from center. He's now the right tackle. And all of a sudden, I mean, Georgia could not get home with four. They got home with four against everybody all season. Georgia had to start blitzing. Mm -hmm. And even when they were blitzing, they were picking it up. It was the offensive line, I think, was the most amazing thing about that game. Mm -hmm. No doubt about it. We're on with Matt Hayes, XL, uh, Primetime, uh, 1010 XL in Jacksonville. Uh, I guess one more for me, and that is it could be a good thing and a bad thing, but maybe it could always end in a good way with Georgia. It could be no sweeter than if they go to the national championship game and play Alabama and beat them. Which game would you have chose to win? SEC championship or national court. title? I mean, of course, but they're not doing it with Stetson Bennett, I can tell you that. I, don't think they're be I mean, honestly, I, I'm not sure they're going to beat Michigan with Stetson Bennett. Michigan's pretty good on defense. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, you know, they can't throw the ball, but they can run it. And, and, you know, if you get into a close 16-13 game with Michigan and you got Stetson Bennett in the fourth quarter, it's third and nine with three minutes to go and he's got to make a play, who are you betting on? What's the odds I, on, on, on Daniels getting in the game? I mean, he's got to play. He has to nope. play. All right. You can't. You can't. You can't. All right. I mean, well, I'm, well, I'm, I'm, I was saying this. We've all been saying this for four months, so I, I don't know. You know. Like, who knows what Kirby does at this point? I don't know. It's, it's, it's literally one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen. All right. I, I, I said one more question. Cincinnati, group of five, is the pressure on them to win this game just because they're kind of representing all the group of five, let alone themselves? I think the pressure's on them to not get blown out. The pressure's <laughs> on them to not, to not lose by five touchdowns. Seriously. Oh, I mean, man. It's, I think they have good skill, guys, yeah. but the lines of scrimmage, my God, it's night and day. Yeah, That's going to be a problem for them. That's going to be a big – not only that, here's another thing that the worst thing that could happen for Cincinnati is now Alabama realizes what it can be. Now Alabama's motivated. Now, you know, they've heard, they've, they've heard everybody doubting them and everybody saying they suck and they, they're not any good and that Georgia's going to beat them. And Nick just loves that. Alabama is no more dangerous than when everybody thinks the dynasty's dead. And that's when they come out and they just play unbelievable. And now they're in the games that matter. Now now they've reached it. It's going to be tough for anybody to beat Alabama.
Uh, Matt, on the way out, just the, maybe the biggest story today, Cristobal, uh, Miami suddenly finds millions in their COVID couch cushions and their buyout Manny and buyout Cristobal and hire him. Uh, is he finally the guy to make Miami Miami again now that they've got all this money? I, what have you found in your COVID couch cushion? Have you found anything interesting? No, nothing. Neither have I. Neither have I. That's like, you know, and I love the oh, idea, honey, but I found nothing. So yeah. here's the thing. Um, the big thing for Miami, I think, is the fact that they have a president now who wants to spend some of the U, the, of the U medical money. Mm-hmm. So they have this huge medical system in South Florida. It's called U Health. It's, it's Miami-based, University of Miami-based. And they profited $400 million last year alone. Alone. So when Donna Shalala was there, when she was the president, her, her concept about the football program and spending money was you eat what you kill. In other words, if you get 25,000 people in the stadium, that's the money you get. If you get 50, that's the money you get. Mm. Now this new president is saying, no, we're going to spend money. So he's going to spend money. You know, you got the $80 million contract for Mario. you got a former player, a son of Miami, um, coming home. I think it's a great hire, a great recruit. He's going to keep those recruits in South Florida and Dave Broward and Palm Beach in that area. Um, so that's the perfect fit. And then you've got this billionaire booster. I think his name is Ruiz. He's committed to build a campus stadium where Coral Gables High School is, about a mile and a half from the, from the campus. Oh, okay. And he's yeah, going to move the high school and build it somewhere else. <laughs> so, I mean, if you've got that going for you, <laughs> and you've got the one thing that everybody has always criticized Miami about as far as recruiting and why it's hard to keep guys there now, well, I mean, you've got it rolling now. You've got a, a former player, a guy that everybody loves, a son of Miami, and you've got a booster pony enough to, to build a brand-new stadium on campus. Wow, Matt, fantastic stuff, man. Next time we just need to visit longer. That was the only thing wrong with this one. Thanks for checking in with us today, buddy. All right, fellas. My pleasure. Yes, sir. Matt Ooh, Hayes. Uh, you got to follow him. Matt, Matt Hayes, CFB, uh, 1010XL, uh, 1010XL primetime in Jacksonville, Saturday down south as well. Time for us to go. Don't forget, tomorrow is Toy Field. That's our Super Bowl of goodness. We love it. We love you guys. Uh, we'll be out at Nissan Stadium all day collecting unwrapped uh, toys or gifts for seniors. Uh, it's, it's go time tomorrow. If you want more information, go to 1045thezone.com. Thanks to T-Mobile and Planet Fitness and Freedom Boat Club of Nashville. Blaine, it's always the most perfect day of the year. Can't wait. Oh, yeah. Perfect day and cold day. Always the coldest. Yeah, that too. But a fun day. For sure. always. And just about as fun as it is today and this beautiful day on Monday. Already wrapped it up on this Monday. Yeah. So we always say happy Monday. Yes, sir. But we always leave by saying what, Mickey? You know it. (laughs) Peace. Peace.